Hello and welcome back to the Couple's Guide to Stranger Things podcast. I'm Sean and I'm Tom and we're just a couple of super fans who met through our love of Stranger Things. In today's episode we are going to discuss season one as a whole. We're going to go over our favourite characters, favourite actors, favourite moments, etc. Are you ready to dive in? I can't think of a funny response. <laughs> You're just going to have to go, yes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Let's go. So I actually want to start this episode just by saying how excited I am yeah. for this. Yeah, because we haven't told each other what our answers for each of this is going to be. Yeah, and today I was actually listening back to some of our podcast episodes and listening back and hearing us talking about all the different scenes actually made me change my top favourite character. Mm. And because when I thought about it, separating the actor from the character and my kind of favourite moments of this this season, I was like, wait, I actually think this person's my favourite character from season one. Well, like you say, I am excited to find out. Yeah. I'm excited to find out yours and, and see where we're similar, where we're not at all, and if we agree or disagree. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're all our personal opinions, but... Yeah. Yeah. I've got to remember to read mine from the bottom now, because yeah. we're obviously going from least... Well, yeah. not least, but... Yeah, you know they're still I mean. our top five, so yeah. they're all good. Yeah. And, you know, there's... Five to be, one. Yeah, so my number the person the character that comes in at number five for me is joyce okay now i went for joyce as a character and number five because some of my short notes here but i'll try and elaborate is that how strong she is yes how determined she is oh yes like her character does not give up on her boy no she does not and even when there's literally a body in front of her eyes, she, she does not give up hope. At all, that's it. Because she's even got the mental strength yeah. to be able to ask about that um, birthmark. Yeah. You know, she hasn't just seen the body and immediately gone to throw up somewhere. Yeah, because that's it, like... Obviously, I don't have experience with this, and I'm very grateful that I don't. But when you see it or when you hear about it from people that have had to go and view a body, they're usually like, yeah, that's them, and they walk away. Because it's such an emotional, yeah. horrific thing to have to experience. But she just stands there in determination and will not believe that that is her son. She, she, I would even say she looks unfazed. As if the f the possibility yeah. that that could be Will never enters her mind. Yeah. Not even yeah. once. Yeah. Does, her face doesn't shift. And I think another reason for me picking her um, for my top five is that I think she's incredibly brave. Yeah. Um, especially like when she sees the Demogorgon and she runs out of the house and then she goes back in yeah she does because it's in, just yeah. the thought that will could be there because the lights and the music goes back on again yeah she's not going to leave her boy with that even creature. if he is on the other side yeah she's gonna stay exactly where he is 
even as I say even if he's in the upside down yeah yeah and to me that's just incredibly brave and the last point that I'd put is just she's hilarious and I put hilarious with phone because I'm thinking <laughs> of the scene where she's with a manager and she's like ring me up Donald I need a phone I need this and a pack of camels. And a pack of camels, the most important part. <laughs> and that's it. I just love that because it's all these serious moments and then there's just that comedy. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that is why she's my number five top character. Very worth, I think. Yeah. Very good choice. Um, my number five is Lucas. Right. Okay. Um, and he's at number five because, as I'm sure many people remember, for the entire say first half of the season I was saying he needs a punch in the face for the way he's treating out you you threatened violence against him Um, but I've said despite that his turning point and I said it in the episode his turning point is when he apologises to Elle for everything he said Yes. and I said it then as well what kind of 12 year old does that Funnily enough, yeah, I when I was listening back to some of the podcast episodes today, I, I heard you say that and it's and it's so true. He he is he's a very brave character, isn't he, as well, he is. really. He is. Because that's it, he does go off on his own little adventure yeah. to um go and find Will. You know, he's he's yeah. sticks to that. That is that is his mission. He's focused. He is very focused and he's not willing to let this new girl distract him. No. Which fair enough, he's not the one falling in love with her. No, that's so, true. Fair enough, as I say. But yeah, the main bit I wrote down was that apology. Yes. There because as I say, that's it's such a rare thing for a kid to be able to put the fact that they were wrong up front and say, yeah. you know, hold their hands up and say, okay, I was wrong, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're amazing, I was wrong. It's It shows so much growth in him. So much growth, but again, they are all so mature in this season. Yeah. And it's crazy that if they're nearly the most mature in season one at age 12. Yes. Um, and I think another good point for Lucas, really, thinking about it now, is that you know, Mike might stand in front of Elle and say, you know, you're going to have to kill us first, you know, if you want her. Yeah. But he's not alone standing there. No, they are all Dustin there. Dustin and Lucas are also standing there. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure Lucas says, eat. Yeah. Beep. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does. Tell him to eat um, poop. Poop Shall emoji. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, come on, like when you think about where he started to the fact that he is also laying down his life for her. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. quite a massive development. So yes, I can completely understand why he's there and I think he's a very, very worthy character to be in the top five. Thank you. So moving on to my fourth top character. Now, I don't know if this one's going to surprise you or not. Okay. Because they are only in one episode. Right. Oh, it's Benny. Yeah. yeah. He, I'm sorry, but he is so amazing he in this is. season. And it shocks me that he's in one episode. Like, yeah, he's very deserving of that spot. He's very deserving. He is, he is kind. He's caring. Yeah. He wants to help. Yeah. And he literally is 
such a good example of a good person. Yeah, I think, like you say, the second he recognises that Elle's a troubled girl, yeah, he immediately wants to help. You yeah, know, he goes from reprimanding because he thinks it's a boy that's just there stealing food. food to like, okay, this girl's got a shaved head and she looks like she's starving. Yeah, she needs this food. She needs the food. That's it, and. I just appreciate so much what he tried to do for Elle as a character. Yeah. He tried to protect her. He even got her to smile, you know, like he's well, trying he, to like cheer her up. He got us the first smile out of Elle for yeah, this season. He did. And, you know, he wasn't rude to her in any way. He wasn't pushy with asking her how she got into this situation. He was very calm and collected. Yeah. He could he, he could understand her boundaries of how frightened she was. And I just think he made a huge impact. He did. And yeah, in terms of the pushiness and all that, yes, he definitely wanted answers from her. And I think yeah, anyone would, you Yeah, know. That, that's it. I'm not blaming him at all. But like, yeah, you know, he takes the food off her for a bit until she answers uh, her, like, name. her name and all of that bit. <laughs> But again, I get that. He doesn't fully understand the situation, so to him, he, he, she's just ignoring him. Yeah. Fair, fair. But um, otherwise, yeah, as soon as she's said all that and he realises, okay, where the hell has she come from? Yeah. He stops there. For her name to be 11 and, you know... Her, yeah, just... exactly. He stops there because, I guess in his mind, well, he says on the phone, he thinks she's been abused. Yes. And all of that. And I mean, you ain't wrong. But... Yeah. That's it. Like we say, boundaries. He immediately stops asking her questions because he's like, I I guess he doesn't want to trigger. Yeah. Or anything like that. And I just think, for like, kind of, the, the job he's in, for the kind of men he serves, I'm not saying they're bad men or anything like that, but they've kind of got that, I'm trying to think of the word, but like that, that like country folk kind of you know goes fishing goes for yeah. a beer proper man's man kind of stereotype about them the ones that yeah. are in his diner well i mean and yet one... he couldn't be more different with her like no, he's exactly. not he's not at all rude he's and i'm not saying they're all rude but what i mean is like he he's not he's just like he's quite he uh, he's quite vulnerable with her really and like yeah. he lets all his guards down and is so gentle like a gentle giant yeah yeah exactly um and then yeah i mean like you say in terms of the people there you know the one the hopper's talking to in the police station yeah calling will lonnie's kid yeah they're clearly in like lonnie's group or at least they know him and still speak to him potentially yeah yeah so yeah there's that but exactly like you say he gentle giant is the perfect yeah. Terminology for him, I think. That's yeah. exactly the kind of vibe he gives off. And I honestly think if given the opportunity, he would have been an amazing father figure to Al. Yeah, I think so. I don't know whether he would want to be that, but. Um, we won't know, unfortunately, because we no, didn't get exactly. that much of him. No, exactly. But I agree. I think he would have done a very good job at it. And yeah. sh- I think she would have been happy. Yeah, I think she would have been happy. And that's it. Considering he's the first person she ever meets outside of the lab and he has her smiling within, God, however many hours it is, says that she would have been happy with him. Yeah. And 
yeah, I, I just couldn't not mention him because yeah. when I thought about the characters that made an impact to me in season one, he is one of them. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, spot on. I think that's Derek. <laughs> Definitely deserved. Yes. Justice for Benny. Justice for Benny always. Right. Okay. Well, mine is a lot less um, gut wren- uh, heart-wrenching, I think. <laughs> um, but my number four is Jonathan. Okay, yeah. Um, so just out of how much responsibility he has in this season. Yeah. Right from the start, you can tell he's loaded with responsibility because he's picking up extra shifts. He's making breakfast. He's making breakfast. He has to get well up for school. Yeah. He's the one telling his mother where to find the car keys. Yeah. All of that. And then, obviously, then when Will goes missing, in his mind, his mother's losing her mind. Yeah. So he feels again like he's the one who has to take on all the responsibility. He has to arrange Will's funeral. He has to be the one to get the coffin and all of that because his mother's just sat there with all the lights yeah. next to the phone, smashing down the walls. Yeah. So it. I just have a huge respect for how much responsibility he takes on. I think that's so true. And... And I'm not saying at all, when I say this, I'm not saying Joyce is selfish, but Jonathan's incredibly selfless. Yeah, I um, agree. He thinks about himself last. Like, and, I, and it kind of links on to you saying how you kind of love the scene in the hospital with Will when Jonathan is just like finally like crying and emotional. And I think it's because he's finally, like because he's always putting himself last. It's like finally, even though Will's alive, his grief has come to the surface. I think so, yeah. He's finally able to let it all vent out. Yeah. He's been containing it all because he had to. Yes. And now that Will is safe, you know, in the hospital, alive, awake, he doesn't need to arrange funerals or get coffins or any of that anymore. He can just let it all out. Absolutely. I think he's a really, really worthy for the top five definitely he is like he is a really hard-working character who cares about his family so much and it must have hurt so much when steve said oh it's no wonder yeah. that like your brother ended up the way he did because yeah that must have killed well we well, know how jonathan reacts exactly i was just gonna say you uh you kind of see it yeah <laughs> you do just just a little bit just a touch there's little a marks little on steve <laughs> Right, my number three top character I think is going to shock you to your core. Okay. Okay, right. My third top character is Elle. Okay. And before people scream at me and go, why should I number one? I'll tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you for why. I'll tell you for why. (laughs) Um, It's because... We don't get too much of an opportunity in season one to see her character, if that makes sense. Yeah. We don't see her truly coming out of her shell. And, you know, we still leave season one with, who is Elle? Who is she? Who is she as a person? What does she like? What doesn't she like? And because of that, she's not my top favourite character of season one. I get that. Like, the things that I've written down are like, I mean, goes without saying, brave, strong, vulnerable, curious, 
has elements still of a normal child like for, I'd put next to that mischievous because I absolutely love the scene where she's in the basement and she's like I'm bored yeah <laughs> and she looks up and then she's been playing with the Millennium Falcon of course she couldn't she didn't do it in front of Dustin which shows no. me she's being a bit cheeky there as well absolutely yeah um, which I also <laughs> love um, I know I remember laughing my head off yeah. when I first saw that <laughs> I love the look on her face as well when Dustin asks her to do it and she's like please She's looking at him like... I'm not performing for you. <laughs> oh, like, like Mike says, she ain't a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, yeah, I love her go, like, going upstairs, exploring the house, being like a, a cheeky little child. I love those elements of it from the character point of view. Absolutely. And like her saying about like when um, Mike says that she can live with them and she's like, Echoes? Like my mum yeah. can make my mom can make you anything you want. Egos and like the way her eyes light up and and she's just she's adorable. Yeah. Despite all this trauma she's going through, she is like an adorable new person who's experiencing everything for the first time. Yeah, she's like a mix of obviously they're pre-teen. Yeah. But at the same time, because of her lack of socialization and all that. She's very much, like you say, a yeah. young child at the same time. Like, she reminds me of our nephew in some yes. ways. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, and then as well as that, in some elements, I suppose you, she got some toddler elements as well, the mischievousness. Yeah, definitely. So, Although if, our nephew can be mischievous as oh, well. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think she's a bit of a new like like you say she's new to the world she's like yeah. a little puppy yes in this just a little older body and she's still coming out of her shell and that's why she's not in the number one position for me personally yeah. because we get more of her out of her shell in season two and season three you know and season four yeah you know she do, she's still developing she's not a whole character yet yeah, I get that. So that is my reason why she is at number three. Okay. My top characters. Yeah, no, I, I fully understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number three um, is Dustin. Okay. And I can't say the first word in Y. It starts with an F. <laughs> he is F-ing hilarious. He absolutely is. That That's all I've written. <laughs> <laughs> he's just hilarious that's all I need to say about Dustin well know. literally on one of my notes from one of the previous was Dustin being epic <laughs> yeah well that's it yeah that I don't think I need to say any more about no. Dustin you know he's absolutely he, he is hilarious you yeah. know from yeah. right from the start where you know he's saying Nancy's got a stick up her butt, yeah, <laughs> straight away. And when he's get... there with the pizza at the yeah. door with a big smile, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But for me, the first moment I got him as the comedy character, yeah, was when he's like, Nancy's got a stick up her butt, your sister's got a stick up her butt, yeah. Straight she used, away, she used to be like, cool, <laughs> yeah. Straight away, I was like, okay, you're the comedy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and then obviously bringing sustenance instead yes. of weaponry for their uh, upside down trip and yeah. all that it just all adds up and then obviously later on in in the season you know he's the one carrying Gail yes. through the school and all of that so you know he 
as well as being a comedy character, he is, again, very... I don't know what the word is, but he gets... He's a team player. He is a team player. He gets stuff done. Yes. He has that focus as well. Yeah. Not as tunnel vision as Lucas, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But he is still very focused on the task at hand. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And I think that's me done for Dustin. Honestly, I think... I know we've literally said it for every single one of them, but he is more than worthy of that position. Yeah. Of being your third um, favourite character. More than worthy. He is, yeah, epic. Indeed. <laughs> I'm going to get emotional now with this one. Okay. <laughs> so, my second favourite character of season one is Michael Wheeler. Oh, yes. Oh, deep breath. <laughs> so... Mike could be the typical hero character. You know, that's kind of the role he plays not only in D&D as a paladin or paladine, but also in his friendship group. Yeah. But there's so much more to him, which I absolutely love. He has that bravery. He has all those things. He's loyal. But my God, is he caring? He's understanding in season one he's more mature than his age yeah like the way he treats Elle I just want to be like thank you thank you so much Mike because you are everything she needs and more yeah the fact that I don't want to go into this too much because of scenes and stuff which obviously we know this will come up but the way he speaks to her so gently yeah the way he he doesn't make her feel weird or strange for how she may look he does so much to try and build her confidence yeah he's also an incredibly i know i've already said brave but it's the best word like he's a brave friend like the fact that he jumps off a cliff for dustin yeah another word it literally means the same thing but fearless yeah he's a fearless and and he is kind of like the leader. Yeah. He is the leader. The, they say the party doesn't have a leader, but that's BS. Yeah. Mike is their leader. Mike is their leader. And I think he knows it. I think they all do. But I don't think he feels it in a cocky way. No. Because he cares so much for his friends. So, so much. He yeah. loves them. Exactly. And, and is willing it. to die for them. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when Dustin's... Saying, like, you drew first bloods and all of that. You need to go shake his hand. He's not saying, well, I'm the leader of the party and I kick Lucas out. Exactly. There's none of that. He accepts the fact that they are a majority and if they want to kick him out, they will kick him out. That's it. And humble might sound a bit silly when he's going, no, no, I'm not not, um, shaking his hand. But he is humble in the sense of he might be the leader, but he does listen. Yeah. He does listen. He might grumble about it to begin with, but he completely takes in like what Dustin is saying yeah. and does what he says because yeah. he respects him. Absolutely. And he does respect Lucas and he obviously he just he he's just a fantastic person. Yeah. And he's got a great personality and I just love I just love how soft he goes with Elle. I, I, you know, like his his tone changes completely, and 
he oh like again willing to lay down his life for anyone that he loves and he stands in front of those guns for Elle yeah and it's happy for them to kill him to to try and give her a couple of seconds more to get yeah. away exactly that is unbelievable it really is for a 12 is. year old exactly it's absolutely insane how selfless he is yeah and the only other thing obviously it's like those heartbreaking moments of him holding Elle's hands while she's lying on the on the school table and you know he's he's telling her all the beautiful things that are going to happen between them yeah. to keep her going exactly that's it he wants oh. to give her any sort of reason to hang on yeah uh, you know that's it life will be worth it if we make it through this yeah sort of thing and that is why he is my second favourite character of season yeah. one. And then, yeah, with the fact that he's your second, yeah. I think, because I've obviously got my uh, second yeah. and first get out of the way, I think, I think I'll get my second and first out of the way. Okay. Because I think yours being the first, with it not being L or Mike, yeah. would be a good point to finish on. Okay, that's so, fine, that's fine. The thing is, we've already spoken about these two now. <laughs> it's L in second place yeah. and Mike in first. Okay. For me, you know, I'm right on that 11 bandwagon. Um, for L, it's just going to be repeating stuff you've said already. You know, she's brave. Yeah. And uh, the way, the, 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 the words I wrote down exactly are, she's been through hell, but she still wants to help. Yeah, and I think that stands out very much for me. You know, she's literally come from a place that drove her like a slave. Yeah, in terms of using her powers and all of that, and then she's come out. She's free from them. Yeah, yeah. she needs to find somewhere to live, and she's kind of on the run still. But when these, when she learns that these boys have lost their friend and all that, yeah. she doesn't bat an eyelid at helping them find him. No, she could say. You know, she'd be it. She would have every right to say the lab has used me for my abilities all my life. I never want to use my abilities again. Yeah, I'm done. I just want to be a normal girl. She could have hit the fact that she's a superhero. Absolutely. She d- didn't have to reveal any of that. But no, she's like, no, this this boy needs my help. I'm going to do everything I can. First of all, to help him, but to keep these boys alive as well, in a sense where she's trying to lure them away from the gate and all that. Yeah. She's doing everything to keep them safe. And I just think that is so telling of her character. I agree fully with you saying she hasn't really grown yet to a person we know. Yeah. They very much kept her a bit mysterious. Definitely. And again, I I think that's probably because they didn't know if it was going to go any further than season one, you know. Um, But yeah, she is very much a mysterious, who is she, where is she from, why is she like this? Yeah. Um, But around that, we very much see that she does care for other people so much, despite everything she's been through. And, and like, I think that's amazing. It, it is. And like you said, she's been through hell, but she still wants to help. When I think of that, I think of her seeing Barb's rotting body. Yeah. And still continuing in the void to look for Will. Like, I don't know how many people could honestly say 
that they would be able to do that. Exactly. Without pulling those goggles off and being like, no, no, I no can't more. do this. I can't no see more. that again. Like, she's a child. She is a child. And she's just seen the most horrific scene and she continues on. And, and like we said before, for all she knows, Will's going to be in the same situation or worse. Yeah. And she might think she owes them something, but she doesn't owe them anything. She doesn't owe anyone anything. She didn't anything. drag Will to the upside down. Like, she yeah. didn't know what was going to happen with the Demogorgon. She was doing exactly what she was told to do by Brenner, which was to get close to that Demogorgon, make contact. Yeah. She had no idea. So no, exactly. So she doesn't and, you owe know. anything to anyone. No, exactly. And she clearly hated the bath in the uh, lab. Clearly. But then when she realises that she's not powerful enough to find them without yeah. a deprivation of sensory, then yeah. she's like, right, we need to make myself a bath. Someone so, who's literally willing to... That would be like pra- me. <laughs> There's a very different scale here, people. <laughs> but that would be like me picking up a spider. Yeah. my worst fear my biggest trauma like yeah. I wouldn't do it no exactly and I knew exactly that that was what you were going to say there <laughs> because it's spot on you know she's pretty much torturing herself yeah to help these guys yeah and like you say she owes them nothing yeah like she might feel like she owes Mike a bit of help because you know he's brought her home and all of that but again especially later on the world owes her everything absolutely so 10 times over yeah well 11 times over yes (laughs) um anyway and then mike for kind of the same reasons again he's very brave for everything you said you know he's literally putting his life on the line yeah for everyone jumps off the quarry for dustin's teeth yeah and then yeah he's got guns pointed at him from people who are very much going to shoot. Yeah. And like I say, like I keep saying, Connie very nearly did. Yes. She was literally, I think she was pretty much squeezing the trigger ready. Yeah. And it's just pot luck that Elle managed to stop them just in time. Yeah. Because I don't think Elle be fast enough to stop a bullet. No. So, yeah. But, so there's that obvious, you know, that's obvious. But yeah, he's just so selfless as well. For the exact same reasons. He always puts everyone before him. Yeah. And we get that right from the start and right through to the end. Mm. He is the most selfless, brave character and he absolutely loves everyone. Yes. All of his friends. He's literally willing to die for them. Yes, absolutely. And then, yeah, this new girl who he has no idea who she is finds her in the woods and he's like right okay well you need help so come home yeah let's go here's my coat let's get you home nice and warm yeah get your new clothes get your fed here you go you can have a little bed here yeah honestly as I said before if he was our son we would be so proud of him yeah so proud absolutely like you've said it before but you just kind of want to give him a hug and yeah. say this this is what a boy slash man should be yeah the, you know, all of the traits that Mike shows is exactly what a person should be what a good person is yeah, yeah. absolutely 100% and oh do you know what like little 
plug here to a fan fiction you have just written. <laughs> um, a one shot. Um, sorry, I can't actually think of the name of it. The future. Our, our past, past, our future, future, a promise, I think. I'm pretty confident <laughs> that is it. Our past, our future, a promise. Um, people, you should read that on AO3. It is beautiful and in it, it just made me think because Elle says about him bringing her into the home and says about him looking after her and stuff. I, I was thinking about what I wrote there as I was saying it yeah. there because that's it, yeah. I wrote down all of my thoughts. Yeah. That, that fic was kind of a way for me to vent my thoughts on Mike. Yeah. Because we've said it in the fandom a lot. Mike's been getting a lot of hate lately in the fandom. And I think that's more his season three slash four self. Mm. But from the start as well. And I'm just like, I just don't understand that. No. At all. I mean, um, thankfully I've not seen it, but... Well, that's, you've been lucky in the sense that you've I not mean, been in the fandom I, for a while. I was going to say, yeah, I've not <clears> had... Uh, like a fan page for Stranger Things for a while. Yeah. So I have avoided all that, really. Yeah, yeah, but it's just been... It's on and off, but there's been quite a bit of it. And so I just wanted to get that out there in the sense that, listen, if you care for Elle at all, then in my mind, this is exactly what she's going to think of him. Yes. So how can you hate this boy? Well, it's a beautiful piece of writing. It really is. And Thank you. It, it just shows the origins yeah. of everything he has done. And, yeah, it just made me think of it when you when you were saying then um, about him, you know, bringing her in from the cold and everything. And Yeah. Yeah. It, it it. And he doesn't believe it, but he saved her life. Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. And he saved her life more than once over the years. He has. Yeah. You know, he might think, and I'm talking about like season four, Mike, he might think that she can do without him, but she can't. Well, this she is it. It's to, like the second, the second moment he saves her life, I can think of, is season two, uh, episode nine. Yeah. The uh, vines and all of that going underground. He's He finds the centre of the vines and sets the light so that all the demodogs leave the lab yeah and give her a way through to the gate yeah and uh, again I think without that I think Gal and Hopper would be demo food yeah in that lab and I mean obviously in season three as well I can quickly think of the flesh flayers about to take her out of the cabin yeah the first hands grabbing her are his yeah and I mean I don't understand how he's strong enough to keep her on the ground with that thing grabbing at her but sure I might, it might be cheesy but love I think yeah. you dig deep don't you you just save you both do, you love but you'd think that thing would be strong enough to just lift them both well obviously but, more people get involved after a while yeah hey ho but of course he's the first you know yeah he is absolutely it's, it's like we said before he's willing to put himself in the way of a gun yeah. for her and he is very much willing like I say that thing should have been able to lift them both without a problem he's willing to get eaten by that thing yeah. right along with her if that's how they're going yeah absolutely so no he's incredibly worthy and to be honest before listening back to the podcast he was my number one as well yeah Um. and that's why I'm so interested <laughs> to hear who this is well 
The person that is number one for me has been mentioned, but I was quite quiet on them because I've got so many notes on them. <laughs> um, my number one is Dustin. <laughs> it is yeah. Dustin. I had a feeling it would be. Honestly, he is an incredible character, especially in season one. Yes. So first of all, he gives us some of the best lines of season one. Oh, yeah. For instance, Mike! I found a chocolate pudding. Yeah, you're missing a voice break. <laughs> I was trying to do a voice break then, but it didn't really work. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so we've got that. We've got obviously his telephone call with Mr. Clark is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And him saying about the why are you keeping this curiosity door closed? <laughs> and you just see that is the moment he manages to get through to Mr. Clark, and Mr. Clark does that big sigh like, "Okay, here we go." Yeah. And I mean, one of the obvious quotes that's very much, I wouldn't say memed, but whether you've watched this show or not, you've probably heard the line, she's our friend and she's crazy. Exactly, that was the next one I was going to say. She's our friend and she's crazy. And, which is perfect. And other, like, moments that I just love of him is, like, he is there telling... The chief of police, Joyce Byers, all of them, exactly how Mike has... Uh, Mike, sorry. How Noah... Oh, my God. <laughs> Will? <laughs> I'll get there eventually. How Will has ended up in the Upside Down. And he's explaining it like, right, so this is what's happened. Like, you know, this re- real casual. Yeah. So so you all understand? Yes, you this, get it? This is just everyday stuff. Yeah. And they're like, um, what? What? I just think he's brilliant. Like, he also, you know, he's the comedy character, like you said. Like, from those first scenes, we are like, ah, I understand you. You're the comedy character. You're the one here for the laughs. You're the one who speaks to my food soul, you know, <laughs> who cares all about that chocolate pudding, who cares about those snacks. Um, But then there's more depth to him, just like there is with Mike being the, you know, the brave character of the night. There is so much more depth to Dustin. And first yeah. of all, he's incredibly smart. Oh, more he than is, he yeah. is given credit for. Yeah. Like, the compasses, all that kind of stuff. He is the one who understands and gets it. Yeah. What I absolutely adore about his character, especially in this season, and that's why he's number one for me, is that he is the peacemaker. Yes. He doesn't cause any trouble. No, he just works to fix it. Yeah. And that is such an incredible trait. Another thing that if he was your son, you'd be so proud of. Yeah. Because he's not causing the drama. And, and you know, when I say that, I'm talking about not just Lucas. I'm talking about Elle. I'm talking about Mike. Like, he is completely out of that. He understands every single one of their points. Yeah. He is so good at navigating everyone's feelings and finding solutions. You know, in the... Um character alignment chart yeah where you've got you know lawful neutral all of those he is right in the middle I think he is a right out true neutral yeah absolutely and and I also feel like obviously we always talk about Mike literally jumps off a cliff for him but what we don't talk about as much is that Dustin's there with a knife to his throat and and he's telling him no don't yeah Mike don't please yeah don't do it Mike Mike he literally because he is also willing to take 
whatever Troy's going to do, the 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 best solution, all of his teeth being removed. Well, this is it, yeah, because obviously you don't know how far Troy is actually going to go. Yeah. He does seem absolutely... He's a psychopath. He does seem absolutely psychotic. Yeah. And he probably would. Yeah, he probably would. But... He's awful character. Yeah. And... Yeah, so like we we always talk about of Mike jumping off, but we don't talk about the fact that Dustin's like, don't just let him do what he's going to do because I can't yeah. have you being hurt. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, and I think that's really important as well, and just shows how brave Dustin is too. Yes. So yeah, so for me, as I was listening back today and every episode, there is something Dustin has done that has had a me- mention and a laugh from us. Yeah. And I've been like. Yeah, do you know what? He is my favourite character of this season because he gives so much. He gives comedy. He gives bravery. He gives just, like, so much interest and intrigue and he is so humble and he he literally gets his friends back together and he's so happy when everyone is friends again and he hugs them and... He accepts Elle. He's he's never really rude about Elle. No, you know, I think or anything he's, like that. I think he's never had a problem with Elle at all. No. And like we say about Dustin picking up Elle, again, like we said in, in the last episode, that truly is a missing moment of Dustin being like, I don't care if it slows me down. That could literally end in me being killed by this demagogue. Yeah. But if Mike can't carry her, I, I will carry her. Yeah. And like you say, it could have been such a scene of a, an absolutely desperate look on Mike's face. Yeah, please. I need to get her to safety and I can't yeah. do it. And Dustin's just, whether he comes from the other side or he just sort of nudges him out of the way like, Mike, I'll take her, don't worry. Yeah. It's such a missing scene. Because again, like really like in those moments Dustin Lucas even Mike really don't owe L anything on the other side of the coin you know they are 12 year old children and there is a monster in this school yeah a lot of people would be like screw this I'm running for my life yeah this More is like a matter yeah. of life or death fight or flight yeah and we're just lucky that they choose fight you know well, this is it yeah like you say f- for all four of them yeah not one of them leaves anyone else no because I see you're right they could just bolt it and be like nope I'm out of here yeah but Mike's trying to get her to safety Dustin is getting her to safety yeah Lucas is right there with his wrist rocket thinking he's powerful um, <laughs> But, yeah, none, not one of them cower down. No. no. Not one of them have a cowardly bone in their body. No. But, yeah, for all those reasons, for all of the laughter, for all of those incredible lines yeah. that stand out and, like you say, are memes now, Yeah. for me, it's got to be Dustin. Very well deserved. Yeah. <laughs> well done to all of our top five. <laughs> On your nominations. Yeah. <laughs> you can thank the Academy and your parents and all that jazz. Yeah. <laughs> Although, Mike, don't thank your parents. Because, oh yeah. I mean, your father's too busy eating chicken to notice. Yeah. So, don't worry. <laughs> right. Okay. So, that's the characters yeah. out of the way. Now, sort of the same concept, but 
Also completely different. I was going to say, completely different now. Favourite actors. Yep. Top five actors. Do you want to start or do you want me to? I have. I don't mind at all. Okay. Well, I'll jump in then. Okay. Um, my number five for actors is Joe Keery. Okay. Um, and my note for this simply is, we love Steve. He, we don't like... No, we, we like Steve, but we don't love Steve. <laughs> I know I'm misquoting it, but we love Steve. Um, yeah, he just plays that kind of character so well. Yeah. Because obviously, like we've said before, if you've seen the original script, he came in literally As a villain, really. going to be ten times worse than Billy. Yeah. But they fell in love with him as a person and were like, nope, we love you. And do you know what? That is a credit to him being an, exactly. a favourite actor. Exactly. And that's it. He plays the mindless, just want to get in your pants jock yeah. very well to begin with. Yeah. You, know, you believe every bit of it. But then at the turning point, after he's had his face beaten in yeah. and he's there cleaning the um, insult to Nancy off the uh, hawk, yeah. he immediately turns and you fall in love with him. Yeah. Um yeah, it, I think it just shows how wide his acting skill is. Yeah. To go from mindless jock, don't care about anyone but himself, to babysitter. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. He starts to develop a character who has more depth and more layers. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I think I think it was probably a case that they started adding that as they were writing. Yeah. Probably, because they were just kept falling in love with him and they were like, okay... We're making someone out of you. And that's it. But you need a good actor to deliver that. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why I would say Joe's my number five. Yeah. I get that completely. My number five is David Harbour. Okay. Okay. Hopper. Because I think he brings a very complex character to life really, really well. Yeah. I really do. Um, you know, he... <sighs> it's hard to... Like again, I'm trying to separate like Hopper from David Harbour here, but like David just does it so well because there's all those moments that are very serious and it's acted so beautifully. Like the moment when he's losing his daughter, you know, and yeah, it's heartbreaking and he brings that really to the front. He plays a lost man yes. very well in this season. Yeah, he's absolutely. Hopper is so lost. Yeah. And he's so lost, but he's trying to find himself. Yes. And trying to make something out of himself. And yeah, David Harbour plays that amazingly. That's it. He's in my top five because he he shows so like different aspects. Like he is like you know the cheeky cop to begin with, and you know coming in late and all this stuff. Yeah, and not a care in the world. No, and he's like slept with the librarian and all that, and. And then he has to turn very serious because something has happened in his town and it's under his watch. Yeah, and that's it, yeah. He literally, you know, he's getting flashbacks to Sarah. And it's very much a case of, I cannot let another kid die under my watch. No, yeah. You know, I failed my own daughter, but I am not about to fail Will. And honestly, you forget that it's an actor. Yeah. Like, you could believe that all of Hopper's story is absolutely true yeah because I mean I 
I've said this about everyone this season, but they are all their characters perfectly. Yes. And David Harbour, yeah, very worthy of a top five spot because he is Hopper so perfectly. Yeah, and like some of the moments that I would mention of where his acting is just like superb, it's like after they've tried to like overdose him and he arrives at Joyce's house and he sees all the lights and he's like, oh Jesus Christ. Oh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that scene because he's still, he's he's almost very like um, shaky and panicky and you know, saying they've like bugged my house and I thought they were gonna have done yours too. Like he's so like paranoid. Um, so I think he yeah. plays that really well. I love his comedic timing. Like I love when he's interviewing Mike Lucas and Dustin and he's just he's trying to keep authority of yeah. the situation yeah i i just yeah i was really happy with him as an actor in this um, yeah i think he did give so much to all the different like aspects of hopper's character yeah brilliant definitely worth that spot um and then jumping on the jopper bandwagon <laughs> my number four is winona yeah and i i don't think i even need to explain why yeah. She plays the crazy mother, but not cr- not only crazy, but so determined, so mission focused. She plays Joyce amazingly. She really does. Like honestly, I say this about everyone, but they nailed the casting for this show. Yes. Literally with everyone, but my god, Obviously, David Harbour, but Winona Ryder. Absolutely. The the only big name. Yeah. In this show to begin with. She's like their flagship. She She's is the like, flagship. Yeah, like I say, the only one for this season with a big name. Yeah. I mean, at least as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah, and she knocks it out of the park. Yeah. She plays. She plays a sleep deprived, crazy, det- Determined. Yeah, she truly makes you think she's losing her marbles, hmm. despite the fact that you can literally see what's happening. You know, you can see that the lights yeah. are communicating, and it's very obviously will. And yet, from everyone else's point of view, you can understand why they think she's a bit of a nutcase. Well, when you said sleep-deprived, crazy mother, I thought you were going to say me. Because <laughs> that's pretty much me at the minute. <laughs> but at least you're not trying to save Harry from the upside down. Oh, you haven't caught me in a cupboard yet, have you? <laughs> Talking to the lights. You need to come home at about two o'clock That's when me and him have gone stir-crazy. Right, okay. <laughs> Who on earth are you talking to for those lights? I'm talking to Harry. <laughs> but he's... At two o'clock, he's hopefully upstairs sleeping. No, he's probably on the other side of my little cupboard, chatting away to me. Oh, going, he's, the, he's, he's the one plugging the lights in and flicking the switch constantly, isn't he? Yeah, that actually does sound exactly like him. Or he's locked me in the cupboard, more likely. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that he yeah, can yeah. just he's cause wreak havoc on the house. He has locked you in the Harry Potter bedroom cupboard. He's parked his Which little tyke's car. Which is our cupboard under the stairs, people. Yeah, uh, he's lo- he's parked his little tyke's car right against there, so you can't open it. And that's it. That's that's you done for the day. All I'd say is don't give him ideas, because that could easily become reality. Harry, if you're listening to this, go away. <laughs> Sorry. 
sorry to interrupt, but as soon as you were like, sleep deprived, crazy, I was like, yeah, it's me. I'm the problem, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that pretty much finishes my story of Winona Ryder. Like, she, yeah, she's you. It's me, it's me, it's me, people. Um, my number four is really going to surprise you. Okay. It kind of surprised me, but I thought, you know what? I've got to have her in this. So, I'll say the actor's name first, because you probably won't even know who this is, because I, I won't lie, I had to Google the actor's name. The actor is Joyce Van Patten. Is that you know Connie? Oh, well, well done, you. That was my potluck guess, solely because of what you're saying there. Yeah. And I know 100% what you're about to say. She's not on my list. So, yeah, she... Connie Fraser, the absolutely evil witch. I wanted to say that with a B, but yeah. evil witch who kills Benny. Yeah. Who sees Mr. Clark and almost kills the kids. Yeah. Now, the reason she is in my top five actors is because the actress is bloody amazing yeah exactly she literally could be playing three different types of characters in this well, she does but, types of characters she but does but I mean like yeah. literally she could have had on wigs and all sorts because yeah. she is a fantastic actress yeah because literally the, the character she plays with Benny she's like from social services and you know, at first, I thought she was. I, I believed she was. her hundred percent. Yeah. You know, she she walked in there and she's like looking around, looking concerned, and then she just kills him. Yeah. Without a flinch, and then we see this psychotic um, character emerging. Yeah. And then the scene, like you had said, when she sees Mister Clark, you thought, "Oh no, she's gonna kill him." I really thought he was a goner. Yeah. That character again, like if we had never met her before, in this scene, I I almost think oh what a lovely lady oh I kind of hope her and Mr Clark get together because she absolutely loves AV as well and she's really yeah, into it yeah she, she really plays the whole kids are our future yeah. they're the ones into technology they need to lead us yeah. into the revolution and all of that because it is the yeah. 80s things are kickstarting like I think she played something better than Matthew Modine slash like Brenner does like when Brenner's trying to be sickly sweet to Karen and to be honest this is probably choice but when he speaks to Karen and Ted, we still feel sick and disgusting. Yeah. And we're like, he's manipulative and he's this and he's coercive. But when Connie was speaking to Mr. Clark, I didn't find her manipulative or anything. No. I genuinely she thought knows. she's like this lovely, bubbly character. And as I say, if we'd yeah. never met her before, I would have 100% believed that. Yeah. Like you say, Brenna knows how to manipulate people yeah like through their fears yeah meanwhile Connie is playing Scott like a fiddle yeah literally playing him like a fiddle you know hitting every note that he wants to hear kids are the future tech is the future yeah mix the two together we are yeah sailing that's what we need yeah and that those are the words that Scott it's like you can see in his face this is a dream come true yeah for him yeah everything she's saying and I do wonder in season two and beyond what, what he ever thinks came from that yeah. because obviously nothing ever happened well that's it and it's like in that scene with him she's not at all you know like sometimes when you have this bad character and the audience knows they're bad and and when we see them in a scene like that we're like 
oh she doesn't really mean that or you know like yeah can't you see it scott can't you see it like look at her eyes oh she's got such a smirk on her face no she really plays the bubbly lover of technology and all this kind of stuff that's it we obviously know she's the bad guy but she doesn't show any signs of it there she plays ironically she plays a character playing a character yeah. extremely well absolutely so and then, yeah and then again when we see her then we see her in a her more natural role of being an absolute witch yeah <laughs> and like with Brenna <clears throat> and obviously her and the other agents talking to Hopper and basically saying you know we're gonna kill you and you know you're this and you're prophetic and all that yeah and then obviously her trying to kill the kids and oh I just think the actress was standout I think she was really really good yeah and so I, I had to put you her know, in there as my, one of my top five actors I think if they knew that they were going to get a season two and beyond I think they would have kept her on possibly because yeah because if anything I think she's probably maybe as strong but maybe stronger than Brenna yeah for exactly that purpose yeah I th- yeah, I think if they if they knew they were going to go forward, they would have utilised her a lot more, I think. And she must have been obviously like their top agent because, you know, she's sent in first to kill Benny. She's sent in for Mr. Clark. And yeah, maybe because she's a woman or whatever, but she, sent, she kills Benny within seconds. You she know? really resembles a second in command directly next to Brenna. I yeah. don't know if that is the case, but she resembles that. She, she does resemble that, yeah. And she, she just plays such a wicked character such a sweet character and such a caring character so well yeah like the actress herself has got such a big like revenue of characters that i was like yeah i can't not mention her so so yeah joyce van patten yeah (laughs) you are my name being joyce (laughs) i know i was thinking that you are my number four top actor of season one yeah very worthy spot I'm actually kind of disgusted she's not on my list (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway number three then for me Mm -hmm. is Gaten oh yes of course (laughs) take my reasoning for Dustin copy and paste it onto Gaten (laughs) because Gaten is Dustin yeah like he's not acting (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> honestly from like all the behind the scenes mm. I mean especially is it no it's season four's behind the scenes real yeah where he's just he keeps getting a line wrong or something and he just laughs and then he says recast me that's such a gate no, that's such a dusting thing yeah so yeah again I've written exactly the same effing hilarious yeah um, yeah he is he is literally dusted. Yeah. Like that that's that's it. I I genuinely don't have any more to say because it literally I'm I'd be talking about dusting. What I love as well though is get from Gaten. You know like Gaten's born with cleidocranial dysplasia. Yeah. I love that that's incorporated into his character. Yeah, and I love the fact and he's and that he was comfortable to do that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He is willing, and yeah, he because you know, yeah, be his parents. You probably be like, how dare you utilize a disability of my son? 
in this. Well, then again, you might be like, no, it deserves recognition, I suppose. It, it's one so, of those, we, we don't know how they'd feel. Yeah. But what I love is the idea that, well, I don't love this bit of it, that Gaten probably grew up thinking, am I, well, maybe even his parents, is our son at a disadvantage now in life? Yeah. Is he going to be able to do all the things he wants to do? The thing is, he's probably grown up exactly as Dustin has, very bullied for it. Yeah. You know, you know, Toothless is probably a nickname he's had himself. Yeah, that might have even been a suggestion of his of what they could be calling him. Yeah. And, but what I love, Gaten really, not so much as an actor, as a person, that determination, because... He's him and Caleb were both professional actors before Stranger Things. They were both on the theatre. Yeah. Both on Broadway. You know, for Gaten especially to be on Broadway and having had this condition and being even younger, you know, God, that shows a determination beyond his years, and I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you say, you'd think. It'd be at a disadvantage because you know the world is very cruel, and they're going to see a disability like that and be like, "Oh no, I don't want you yeah. playing my character." But here we are. Yeah. I mean, again, well, thank this you show... to the Duffer Brothers for picking him as well. Yeah, as we say, this show has very much kickstarted a lot of their careers yeah, in many yeah. ways. But yeah, I think it, if anything, now it's gone in, in his favour. Oh, massively, yeah. You know, he's turned it around. And I think, if I remember right, he's they're pretty much in now anyway, his teeth, aren't they? So it's... I'm pretty sure, yeah. Not that... Well, I don't know if it's more than just his teeth, it affects. It is, because, like, he can do the things with his joints, can't he? Is that part of it? Yes. I thought that was just an odd thing he can do, to be honest. No, no, there's stuff he can do with his joints and stuff. and well, I, not. I'm not going to pretend I know everything about the condition because I don't, but just from things he said, but also we see that in the scene in season one. I was going to say, well. yeah, it, I mean, they had to add the sound in post. <laughs> That's not actually from him, but yeah, the, the way he can twist his arm. Yeah, yeah. He That's it. He is He's just a fantastic actor, and he is Dustin, and I'm sure when... He, they got either his audition tape or when they did a screen test, the Duffer Brothers were like, yeah, yeah, that is our Dustin. Exactly. And that, it's amazing how much they wrote into it because yeah. they. Pr- I don't think they would have ever planned for one of their characters to have this disability. No, they didn't. But then Gaten comes along, they see him and they're like, wait, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Didn't they say that he was the first person who got casted? After they saw all the audition tapes. Do you know what? I have... I was going to say this and then I was like, oh, I'm not sure if that's true or not. But I also feel like I've heard that. I'm sure. So I think that might be correct. I am certain, yeah, that in the interviews and stuff about all their audition reels... Yeah. ...that they said they took one look at Gaten's and were like, that's dusted. Yeah. Although, didn't he apply for Mike? I think he... Did. I think he applied for Mike. But they just knew that they had got their Dustin. But they looked at him and like, Dustin. Yeah. But, you know, they 100% knew that that was Dustin straight away. Yeah. And he's perfect. He's perfect for it. He abs- he, he is Dustin. He is Dustin, yeah. That's, that's my note. He yeah. is Dustin. <laughs> well, my um, third top actor is one you have already mentioned, which is Winona. Yeah. And very much for similar reasons to you... Like, 
she well what I would say is Winona Ryder like we said is like the flagship of season one she is the reason a lot of people went into it I remember one of the reasons my sister said I'd enjoy it because she said oh Winona Ryder's in it and I really really like Winona Ryder yeah and she, I think she's a phenomenal actress like there's nothing she's been in that I have not enjoyed yeah. um and so it was one of the things that kind of lured me in as it does so many other people but I think the problem sometimes with being a big actor is that you can see the actor if that makes sense rather yeah. than the character yeah but or you see previous characters that they've played yeah yeah but literally I saw Joyce yeah she's such a phenomenal actress that all the way through I saw only Joyce I did not see Winona and she I believed everything Joyce was doing like every complexity of Joyce's character her literally turning crazy I believed her yeah like that sleep she played the sleep deprivation so well she played like Joyce's confusion so well she played the comedic timing and those moments so so well Joyce's terror at seeing this demogorgon like her absolute like trauma at Hop having to do like um, CPR on her son and like oh, I just believed everything and that yeah. is a phenomenal actor it's another case of you like you say you don't see the uh, the actor you just see the character yeah and believe it 100% yeah, yeah and yeah, they won with her. Yeah. Definitely. Winona had me hook, line, sinker for Joyce. Yeah. You know, like, I got her, I got her character, I understood her. And. Absolutely. And yeah. I think she's held on to that through the entirety right up to season four. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's why she's my number three. Yeah. Um, My number two, then. I feel like we're going to be the same here, but we'll see. <laughs> go on then. Um, go on then. Who's yours? Number two. My, should we say who our number two and number one are in case we are going to be doing the same? Because okay. I feel like we're going to be... I think we're going to be the same in the same order. Yeah, So, and I think we'll probably be able to get our points out at the same time then. Right, you watch now, it won't be. On three. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. Finn. Finn. <laughs> <laughs> and our there number one. One, two, three. Three. Millie. Millie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, 100%. Let's, let's go to our number okay. two then. Finn Wolfhard, so, a.k.a. Mike. Yeah, and the note I have put on there is, all in caps, heart eyes. <laughs> yes. Like, I think that describes every single bit about him. Yes. Like, my God, he can display a boy in love so goddamn well. Yes like you again through season three yeah you see Finn coming through in some moments yeah but in season one and two oh my god Finn Wolfhard you were phenomenal yes like from the very start you're playing a kid so deep into D&D yeah so dramatic when it's a game of talking yeah um, and then it moves on to I'd be here all day Yeah. but it just moves on to a boy who's determined to find his friend to suddenly 
uh-oh, there's this girl I like. And he plays the whole, no, I'm not in love. <laughs> but I actually am. Yeah. So very well. It's, Absolutely. It's insane. And then he's brilliant. You know, the selflessness through, like you say, when he's about to get shot in the face. Yeah. That's phenomenal. And then, yeah, while Elle is nearly on the brink of death, she's so exhausted. His acting in that, he's so good at angst. Yeah. He is so good at being heartbroken or scared or just yeah absolutely literally the picture in my head that is playing right now is him having just been pushed against the classroom wall and that tear going down his face i was picturing as he's looking at her heart broken yeah i was picturing um when al's laying on a table and he's just holding hands saying yeah if we get through this you know, he's trying to put on a smile for her, but he is and, yeah. nearly sobbing. Not he, just his, like, eyes, but thinking about that, he goes, I mean, go to the snowball. Like, his voice breaks on yeah. that snowball. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly as if he's not even acting. It's yeah. as if it's all real. Um, yeah, my God, yeah. The the moment he's thrown against that cabinet and, you know, when Elle's just like, no, get out my way, I need to do this now. Yeah, yeah. The the moment that stands up for me, he's got his arms up for a second and then he just slouches. Yeah. He just literally just lets go and I, he gives up. Yeah. And it he just plays that so well. You truly believe that that is Mike still really desperate to get back up, to go and grab her, try and keep her safe. Yeah. But in his mind, he knows that that's just not happening. This He has to let her do the work now and he just slouches gives up yeah uh, he just looks exhausted but still so desperate and oh my god after she vanishes the way he's crying for her oh I know and his voice again name, breaks and the, the desperation in his face yeah just and honestly I would honestly. love to ask Finn um, where that came from and yeah. what I mean is a lot of the time, like, my God, I'm talking like amateur acting here. But like, I've done acting before. And you do tend to try and draw on some life experience, some emotions to kind of create certain characters. Yeah. But he, I don't know how old Finn was. I know Mike I th- is obviously 12. I think he was like 13. So he's 13 possibly 12 to 13 because you know it takes so long to film but i have no idea and obviously only finn knows and it's only finn's you know um thoughts but i have no idea if he'd ever been in love yet or anything like that yeah if he'd fallen in love with someone before the acting is phenomenal it is truly like he has loved someone and lost them yeah and so if he has never fallen in love at that point in his life because he is young where did that come from because that is just pure talent or did he draw from a different emotion a grief of losing someone like i just think that shows superb acting yeah it just shows how absolutely amazing an actor he is yeah 
like you say, it's insane that he can draw on this angst acting so goddamn well. Yes. That you truly believe he's a bit of a method actor and he's gone through something like that before. Yeah. Because where on earth else is a kid going to pull that kind of acting from? Like, what the hell? Yeah, I know. So, yeah, he is more than deserving of our, yeah. our second top actor in, in season one. He Absolutely. Truly is, he gave it everything. Like, I, the notes I had written was, um, says so much with his eyes, really adopts the character of Mike and adds depth to him. Typical hero character, but there is so much more to him. And that's it. And that is thanks to Finn. Yeah. That Mike is not a stereotype. That he does have all these layers. That is because of what Finn created. Because, yeah. yes, lines are lines in a script but Finn uses a different voice with Elle Finn you know is in charge of his facial expressions and how he portrays things and so yeah he, he just does a fantastic job yeah like, and I would give him a round of applause but I don't know what that'll do to our microphone yeah so uh Mike slash Finn <laughs> I am giving you a round of applause and I'm bowing to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I I would just be repeating myself if I went on. But, but, yeah, to finish on Finn, how? <laughs> In all honesty, how? I know. And, literally, we get onto our top actor. And, and it's the same thing again. I mean, I think everyone, surely knows that Millie is the standout actor of this season. Absolutely. You'd be right. stupid not to think it, and I'm sorry, but she deserved every single award she got. Yeah, absolutely. 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 And you watch those awards when she's first starting to get them from this show and her amazement and just how honoured she is. You know, she literally breaks down sobbing in happiness. She's so humbled. Yeah, yeah. she was. And, and you're like can't you see how amazing you were yeah because like we've said it before but she's really got to act she's barely got any lines yeah this season so she really has to make you believe her character she has to make you believe who Elle is just through body action and facial expression yeah and she can work those so freaking well Mm -hmm. it's absolutely insane and like we were saying for Finn where where does it come from yeah because it's like and she's been like that even before Stranger Things I've mentioned Intruders before and I think it's NCIS she's in as well and she plays very dark characters in both of those you know spoilers for Intruders if you haven't seen it and you're interested if you haven't seen it and you can find where to watch it somewhere, please do. Because as I say, she is absolutely phenomenal. And it's yeah. a really interesting storyline. Yeah. Um, But it just... Here come the spoilers. She's playing a little girl. She starts off as an innocent little girl, mm. but her a bit on the lines of Vecna, her mind's overtaken by this old man. Oh. Have you not seen it? No. Oh, my God. Sounds too scary for me. No, no. We are watching it. Oh. We are watching it. You, I think you'll really like it. 
Right. I'm already freaked out by the idea of an old <laughs> well, man taking s- over her mind. I'm going to stop talking now because I don't want to spoil it. Oh, God. But she plays it so freakishly well. Oh, it's it, It's insane where they're pulling this talent from. I know. And it's like I say, like we said with Finn, it's like what has happened in your life for you to be able to act this so perfectly? It's pure talent, it is. It really is. And... and a lot of the time, we're in a world now where child actors seem to be so much better than adult actors. Yeah. And it, in my opinion, it really started with these guys. Definitely. And literally, my notes, I'd put... I'd put Millie. I'd put incredible. The most expressive actress. Completely stood out with the smallest amount of lines. Yeah. The way she gave everything to the role... And what I mean by that is, as an actress, first thing she gave to that role was she shaved off her hair. Yeah, she shaved her head. She had so much faith in this role Yeah, that she went and literally did something that she would have known was going to get her bullied. Yeah. You know, like she said, people thought she had cancer. Yeah. People and, thought... And honestly, like... All of that. You know, I know that it would be a big thing for a, a boy as well but I can honestly say as a girl our hair is a lot you know it is a, a security shaved. blanket it's one of the things that makes you feel pretty yeah you know it's it's so important especially to a girl that is like her age the, the, the thing is you say it's big for a boy I suppose yeah if you've worked on your hair if you really like your hairstyle then yeah. yes, it's a shame I just to don't want to discount it. that it's not important to any boys because no. there probably are some boys that it'd be important to yeah. if they had to shave their head, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. But if I you, do you think know. more so for a girl, but, especially a young girl. Yeah, because like what I was going to say is if we were to walk outside now yeah, and we saw one of the kids that age, one of the yeah. boys that age on the estate walking down the road with a completely shaved head, if it's a boy, you're not going to bat an eye. Yeah, you wouldn't. You're not going to go thinking they've got cancer. Yeah, it's yeah. just you know. I used to have a bloody skinhead. Yeah. So, yeah, completely standard. But then you see a girl like that, and I mean, it's become a lot more common now. So maybe yeah. you'd see it. And the thing is, it's become more common, but it's still going to attract your attention yeah. because it's common now, but not that common. Yeah. And I mean, when. Millie did this in 2015 slash 16. Yeah. It was not common at all. No. As, again, especially at her age. Yeah. For a girl to have no hair. Um, yeah, that bravery. Yeah, massively. Uh, it's, it's insane that she was willing to do that for a show that they never thought was going to go very far at all. Yeah. And like another thing that she gave to the role as well as Finn they gave their first kiss they did you know and that is important to a lot of people especially usually to girls yeah like they gave their first kiss you know they li- they literally gave so much to the role they committed a hundred percent and I just I have never known an actress like Millie who can tell such a story with so little lines she just she captivates you in every single scene she can draw you in she has got 
She's got more than talent. She has literally got powers herself. Yeah, that's she's got it. powers the, through those eyes. Exactly. The note, the way, I, the words I used for the notes was so much to say with so little lines. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's it. She has got. Well, Elle has got such a story to it, to herself, but she hasn't got the words to say that. Yeah. And Millie has to do the work to make that a, a reality. Yeah. And again, it's they are just all so believable. Absolutely. In their roles. And yeah, I think in a sense of body language, facial expression, just pure emotion, Millie is very deserving of number one. And like you said before, very deserving of all the awards she got. Absolutely. She, she really is. And do I wish like all of them could have got awards because they're all phenomenal? Yes. Absolutely. But if I had to choose, it, it, it had to be her. It yeah. Well, be. there's a reason she's number one right now. Yeah. You know, she, she gave she gave everything, especially in season one. She did. Yeah. She was like, I love her determination. You know, she's so young at this point, And she's like, yes, I'm going to shave off my hair. Yes, I will kiss that boy because this is going to be a success and I am manifesting it and she just gave it everything. Yeah, because I'm sure when when her parents found out that she had to shave her head, I'm sure they were very reluctant. I'm pretty sure they were from what I think she has said before. Yeah, in interviews she said that, you know, when they found out she had to shave her head off, they were like, "Uh, are you sure? Because they're probably thinking from a practical point of view, you know, if this doesn't go very well, sometimes, you know, you'll do the pilot episode, won't you? And then they won't commission any further. And then they're like, you've now lost your hair, you know, this is going to potentially affect it in other roles. You're either going to have to go around with no hair or you're going to have to wear wigs every day. Yeah. So it was such a huge step. Yeah. She put a lot of faith into them. She really did. And it just deserves a whole load of respect. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a big thing to do, honestly. I'm yeah, I'm in awe of her, especially in season one. And again, like I remember when we met her, um we obviously we didn't get to have a proper conversation with her or anything like that. We had a photo opportunity with her and Noah and we also um, saw them answering questions. I do remember one of the questions she answered was about like her saying she, she was getting bullied with the bald head and stuff. I remember um, a line from her. Uh, I, I think it was when we saw them, um, but it might be on a panel that I've seen on YouTube or whatever as well. But I'm sure it was in person where she's saying... You know, people are calling her pretty without the hair and all of that. Are you just saying that now because I've made it popular? It was when we were there. I remember her saying this, yeah. Yeah, and because I thought she that's said, what you were going to mention. Because I'm sure she said, when people first saw her before it all released and all that, people did think she just had cancer and people were looking at her. And treating like, her differently, yeah. Yeah, and looking at her like, what the hell? Why have you got no hair? What's wrong with you? But then, as soon as season one comes out yeah. and it popularizes it, people are like, "Oh yeah, you're strong. You know, you that looks great on you and all of that." And she's like, "Are you just saying that because I've now made it popular?" Yeah. So she's done a lot, and uh, do you know what? Her with the hair 
has done so much for people with cancer yeah as well because my god again still when you lose your hair you know that's going to be heartbreaking oh massively but the fact that there are people out there well there are women and girls out there who can look amazing and really suit the look of a bald head yeah that's going to do so much for people battling cancer yeah for their confidence and and i do know like especially in my like fandom days like i knew quite a lot of girls that shaved their heads Mm. to be more like her i I do and well there are literally pictures of kids on halloween yeah girls younger or that age yeah demanding that they get their head shaved so that they can be hell for halloween yeah and you know and again you know a big props to the parents willing to let their kid do that as well yeah because this is it like like you said if season one didn't go beyond a pilot episode or whatever she's done that and that's not going to fix itself in a couple of days or weeks no not at all you know her hair in season two is still natural yeah so that's she's not wearing a wig in season two that no. well obviously the short hair scenes the flashbacks that's a wig but that that, that shows how long it takes to go back so yeah yeah. Absolutely. yeah i just think she's incredibly brave she is a role model and yeah her you know Millie is, but also what's lovely is Eleven is, you know, Elle is. And that is all thanks to Millie because of how she's portrayed the actor and how she has portrayed herself, you know, in especially in those early days. Yeah. Um so yeah, she absolutely had to be the top spot. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And then we move on to our well, we've gone for three favourite I've, I'm saying scenes. I don't know if yours are specific moments or anything. So I've written down top three moments. Yeah. They, we might go along the same, but I think you said you had quotes or something like that. I've gone for quotes only because I know what the, uh, <laughs> the scenes are. Yeah. If I go with the quotes. Okay. Are we going from the bottom here as well? Yeah, I think okay. so. Um, okay, I'll jump in then. So my number three spot... And I've always said I absolutely love this. And if Mike hadn't said he fell in love with her on first sight, this was the moment I've said previously that I think would probably do it. Yeah. And it's the lazy boy scene. Oh. And it's just because I think you said before, it's the first proper moment we see her being a child. Yeah. You know, this is the first time she's seen a recliner and the moment he sends her flying on it it just gets that laugh out of her yeah and i've said before personally before the whole i knew from that moment right there in the words that i love you before that that was the moment that i've written before Mm. of mike saying that that was when he fell in love with her was when he first saw that smile and heard that laugh yeah was the moment it clicked in his head Oh, I want to hear that again. It's it's beautiful, and and that's also the moment where he says, "Trust me, okay." Yeah, and she exactly. nods, like takes a breath, and she's like, "Okay, I'm going to trust you." Yeah, and that's such a big step for her because massive, it's a massive step because she's not been able to trust anyone in her life. No, and and I mean, yeah, she's on a chair. Not much can go wrong, but, but she you doesn't know. know. know from she that. doesn't know that. Yeah, exactly. We live in a world of electric chairs. 
So, yeah. you know, she, yeah, that's it. She's willing to trust this boy, and then she's laughing along. They are laughing together, and it's just beautiful. It is. It's, it's a moment of gorgeous. pure childhood innocence. Yeah. And her seeing what she has missed out on, really. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a gorgeous moment. Yeah. Um, my number three is uh, Elle walking out of the bathroom. Yes. With her blonde wig, in her pink dress, and Mike absolutely melting. Yeah. Complete brain fog to the point where he can only say what he feels because yeah. things are not working, things are not processing up there right now because he is so stunned by her confidence as she walks out of that room with a deep breath. Yes. And Dustin goes, you look. And he's, Mike says, pretty. And he says it in such a tender... He, he looks transfixed. He, I it's think like that's what he is. His eyes are like gazed, glazed over. He's like, pretty. And then he kind of blinks winds his eyes, knows he's got the eyes of Lucas and Dustin on him. Yeah. Quite shocked by what he's just said. Uh, good. You <laughs> look pretty good. Well played. Well I played, Mike. I absolutely adore that scene. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it can like, Elle looking in the mirror and <laughs> Mike's like, what have I just said? What's going on with me? Oh, my God. But at the same time, he doesn't seem to be fighting it too much because no. he... He believes it, and you yeah. know that's completely genuine. And yeah, I absolutely love that because, yeah. again, this is the first scene where Al's getting a bit of the confidence in herself. Yeah. And you know, the boy that saved her life, brought her in, and all that, truly thinks that she's pretty. Yeah. Then, yeah, oh, that just gives you all the power in the world. It's just a brilliant, brilliant scene. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And again, played by Finn so amazingly. Yes. Like I said, the heart eyes. Yeah, <laughs> massively heart eyes in that scene. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I've gone for completely different scenes because, yes, I love those and I could easily could have just You can just go for what them. you want, yeah. But for me, the next scene that jumped into my head for number two was the moment the van gets thrown into the air. Oh, that is a brilliant scene. And I think that it's one of those standout scenes that everyone remembers in season one. Like, you know, the amount of effort they went through destroying a number of vans to get that scene right. Yeah. Uh, It just works so well. It's a classic scene. It's a classic scene. Again, I think it's one of those scenes that whether you've seen Stranger Things or not, you've probably seen that. There's been like all like there's been like SNL parodies of it. There's been all sorts of parodies of that moment with the van, you know. Yeah, exactly. Because it is iconic. It is iconic. It's one of the moments that properly shows how strong girl can be. Yeah, yeah. When she needs to be. Definitely. Because that's it. Like we say, that that van. They might have been killed by Brenner if they did, but that van's about to run her over. Yeah. It's a very tense moment because it we're is. all like, for that first time, oh my God, what the hell is about to happen? Yeah. You know? Exactly. And then she literally shoves an invisible brick in front of it and up it goes. And I love that the way she does it as well, she kind of just does like a nod up of her head. 
Yeah. There's no like having to really put an effort in or anything like that. Yeah, she's kind of she's staring just like, at it for a moment. <laughs> and I don't know if it takes her a moment to probably get a grip on it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then as soon as she feels that grip, she's like, up! And off it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just stands out as one of the main, like, big scenes, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's my scene number two. It is. It's a brilliant scene. My my scene for um, my second top favourite scene is the quarry. And for the quote I put, she's our friend. She's crazy. Ah, that one, yeah. I There's just so much that happens in that scene that yeah. I absolutely adore. Like, obviously, not Troy and James and their torment, but from the moment Mike jumps off that cliff and we're like, oh, what the, like there's so much anticipation in that scene. Yeah. And then we see Mike floating there. I think I said it in, in the podcast when we talked about it, flying without wings. Yeah. Like literally, we're all kind of shocked at that moment. Because I think, because it's so tense, I didn't even think about Elle in that, in that second. Yeah. I was just like, what the hell's going on? And then, as he's flying back, you start to get the reality of wait, hang on. Just as Dustin and Mike both turn and look, and there she is. The There's Elle, the of powerhouse, Elle. the superhero, Elle striding to them, the anger on her face. Oh, yeah. She wants to kill Troy James yeah. for messing with her boy. Um, and oh, I just, I absolutely, absolutely adore that scene. Absolutely love it. And like I said in that episode, they are lucky she didn't just kill them because yeah. what difference are they to any of the lab people in her mind? Exactly. Uh, if anything, they're worse because they threatened her friends. Yeah. She actually has friends now. Exactly, And they yeah. threatened them, but more than threatened them. And literally, I I just love like the way Mike has got his mouth wide open staring at her because he can't believe that she has saved his life. For one, she's she come back. so much. Yeah, for one, she's come back. For two, she's yeah so determined she looks powerful she does look so powerful and three she's just saved his life yeah he would be dead down there yeah in that water if she didn't just levitate him back up and you know i love the the terror she puts in troy yeah um and i hope he remembers that if he is in those scenes in season five, I truly hope if he sees her, which I really want him to, he pees his pants. Like, you know, <laughs> without any telekinesis without involved. Without any telekinesis involved. Honestly, that's what he deserves. He probably deserves a couple more broken bones as well, but, you know, maybe Vecna will see to that. But, <laughs> but honestly, like, she, she is, like you said, a powerhouse in that scene. And then we have the vulnerability of her saying, I open the gate, that, you know, I'm the monster. Yeah. And Mike, I said this in the episode about it, but Mike doesn't flinch about that, about her opening the gate. And he's like, no, Elle. It's always laughable to him that she yeah. can think she's a monster. Well, he's, he's literally, like, no, he, he practically is laughing yeah. as he says, no, you're not the monster. He's like, because he knows she's, couldn't be any different from a monster. That she exactly. is a superhero and she yeah. saved him. 
And then, of course, like, you know, they, they have the hug with Dustin, <laughs> which I love. So, yeah, that is that is my number two favourite scene. Yeah, absolutely. What's your number one? Here we go. Drum roll, your favourite scene. I have a feeling it's going to be the same for us. <gasps> oh... Is it going to be the same quote? Is there a quote that goes? There is a quote. This could Are go we really do this wrong, again? but we yeah. should try it. Ready? One, two, three. You, you don't, don't need, need it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You don't need it. You don't need it. Mike cleaning up L. Ironically, after the quarry scene. Yeah. After they have found her. She's covered in dirt. She has lost that wig. She does not feel pretty anymore. No. She feels vulnerable and confused. And he is just there being tender and gentle with her and saying, that's better. Yeah. And then she looks in that mirror. And again, the reason why Millie is the top actor in this season for us that vulnerability on her face as she stares at herself. Yeah, and that hand goes up to her head. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows exactly what she's getting at. Because he says, you don't need it. You don't need it. Um, Yeah, that's it. And what does he mean by that, people? You don't need it to be pretty. You don't need it to be beautiful. You don't need it to be more more of a person or more of a girl. Yeah. And I love that line so much. Like, I don't know why, but it makes me emotional. Probably because I'm pregnant. But <laughs> it makes me so emotional because that line means everything. To someone yeah. who, for whatever reason, doesn't feel beautiful, feels not themselves feels ugly or anything like that to have someone you truly care about understand and say you don't need it yeah because you are beautiful the way you are because you are powerful the way you are because you are pretty the way you are yeah well that's it's it. everything yeah. well that's it you know her her word after that is still pretty um you can see she really doubts that yeah. As she's saying it. She says it with so much hesitance, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's like, how could I be? It's like she she can't help herself to ask him, but she doesn't want to ask him because she's frightened of what the answer's going to be. Yeah. But, again, as if Mike would an- answer any different. Yeah. You know, yeah, pretty. Really pretty. Really pretty. And um, that's it. He doesn't even need to add really pretty. Yeah. But he wants to because he, he truly does. wants her to believe it. And I think he truly believes it himself. Yeah. And, you know, she looks back to the mirror and I think it takes a moment for her to accept it. Yeah, she like looks at herself. And, yeah, it just takes a moment to truly look at herself. And then, yeah, that smile breaks on her face like, well, Mike believes it, so... Yeah, why why can't I? Yeah. And, and then, of course... It's... He, he says to her, you know, L, and there's a little hesitation, and, and I do wonder why. Maybe he doesn't understand, maybe he worries she won't understand the concept, but then he says, I'm happy you're home. And what's so lovely is there's no hesitation for her. She yeah. does get it, and she yeah. says, me too, and she's yeah. smiling. 
exactly that's it she considers this her home yeah now and yeah i think he probably feels the hesitation in that they have just had an argument yeah before she came and saved his life and all of that so there's that maybe he's thinking you know yes i'm cleaning her up and all of that yes i'm still going to pretty but she might still want out yeah after all of that but then as well as that yeah saying that this is a home that's a bit presumptuous comes to mind yeah you know thinking that yeah she's happy for this to be her home she who knows she might want out she might want to find another place but either way he goes for it and yeah she's just as happy yeah and then of course that leads on to them almost kissing yeah exactly and that's it she's definitely not ever seen a kiss in her life yeah surely so the fact that it's just a biological instinct yes built into everyone that you care for this person you love this person you naturally want to just lean in yeah for that contact yeah it's built in and that's it i'm saying she doesn't know mike's gonna know what a kiss is yeah obviously but he's never had one yeah and here he is just naturally leaning in and that's it i do think if if Dustin didn't have to burst in in that moment, yeah, I th- it would have been awkward for them. You know, it, they probably would have kissed for like a fraction of a second, yeah, and then backed up like, whoa, what, yeah, what happened there? But probably had the same gorgeous little smirks on their face that they have when they do kiss. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, it it would have been literally a fraction of a second before yeah. the shock of it yeah like jerk them back yeah but then i think yeah she would have she would, exhilaration she would have had that exhilarated look of whoa what was that yeah and i think he i, I think he would be amazed that it happened yeah but then a, just like just like it does happen when he sees her face of that excitement yeah and all of that it would have given him the confidence of thinking, oh, she liked that. She's yeah. not weirded out by the fact that I just kissed her. Yeah. And it would have given him that confidence of, okay. Yeah. Maybe absolutely. she feels the same way. That's it. They are magnets drawn to each other. And, like, we know ourselves, like, when you and I said, I love you, we wanted to say it on every single video call. We had not been together very long at all. Yeah. And there was this, there was this like pause, wasn't there, at the end of our phone calls? Yeah. And our video calls, where we just wanted to say it. But it seemed way too soon. Didn't it, it just yeah. seemed way too soon, and you're frightened of scaring the other one off. But it was there. It was always there. Yeah. And it just kind of reminds me of that, like that with that kiss, that just natural. You just want to do it, or you just want to say it because you feel it yeah exactly so you just want to it share is, that feeling it is a built in biological feeling and that, you know nothing shows that more than the fact that Elle is leaning in as well yeah she's not just standing there wondering why the hell he's leaning in yeah towards her face she's leaning in towards his it's like a magnet isn't it pulling it really in. is so yeah very important scene very yeah. beautiful god 
Damn it, Lucas slash Dustin. You couldn't have just waited for two goddamn seconds. Well, can we not blame Hawkins Lab instead? Okay, They're the fine. ones heading to the house. God damn it, Brenna. Yeah. You, you little absolute... turd. Yeah. And that's a nice word for you, Brenna. Yeah. Because we're trying to be, you know, good here for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love that we have the same favourite scene. Yeah, I knew we would. Yeah. I mean, I made I made it no secret. It's my favorite. No, for a exactly. While. But yeah, because it like that's it. It's such a small scene, couple of minutes, if that. Maybe even just two minutes. Maybe a minute at most. Yeah. But we've probably spoke about it for over ten minutes because there's just so much to it. Remember um, when I said this was going to be such a short episode? Yeah. Yeah, um, an hour and 44 minutes. That's what I've been trying to stare at for a while when I've leaned in to try and squint at the screen. Yeah. I'm trying to figure, I was trying to figure out how long, because I can't see from here. Well, we've just hit an hour and 44 minutes. <laughs> well, we haven't got too much left to go, but like we have said on the last episode, you know, don't feel an obligation that if you, you know, you're busy, you're doing stuff, that you have to watch this all and listen, sorry to this all in one go like you don't have to there's a pause button on your screen yeah (laughs) you may utilize that you don't have to pause this though if if, you know if you've got the time yeah feel free to listen to us as your companions (laughs) exactly but that's it you don't have to worry that if you hit that button we're gonna freeze in time right now But yeah, it's this is it. We we didn't know with this episode if it'd be long or short because we didn't write too many notes. We just wanted to elaborate from the notes, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, so. but I think we're starting to accept that we just ramble on forever. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what we did, what we have done next is we've gone for either a least favourite scene of season one or a least favourite moment. Yeah. What have you got? So for me, my least favourite is Jonathan getting the picture of Nancy getting yeah. changed. I just... It wasn't needed, was no, it? No, it's... I don't get it from a him doing it point of view mm. or why they put that in the show from a writer point of view. I just yeah. don't see what that adds, other than there to be a reason for him and Steve to have that argument. Yeah. That's the only thing I can see it doing. Yeah. Because, truthfully, I can't imagine another reason for Steve and him to argue, other than that. But, unless, well. obviously, Steve could just be saying, oh, yeah, you're you know you're weird and all of that I'm not surprised of what happened to Will he could just say that for the sake of saying it but the thing is I feel like you know they could have done the, the, the fight and him breaking the camera with one of the photos not the one where she's took her top off so he does take one picture of her just staring out the window yeah that would have been enough because she's still in steve's bedroom exactly and you know it could be seen to be creepy that he's took that picture well that would also give jonathan more of a defense because it could just be that he was taking the pictures he's took that picture and been like oh she's in the bedroom i'm gonna stop yeah if it wasn't directed but he takes another one you know which is the one where she's mid taking off her top that's the really inappropriate one yeah 
even with like we we didn't need that photo. No, just the one of her standing in Steve's bedroom looking out the window would have been enough, in my opinion. Yeah, and where you're coming from, in the sense that she, you know, the window could have just been in the corner of the frame, yeah, without him realizing, yeah, and then he notices and then he panics about it, yeah, and stops. And you know, I can't remember what her name was, but when he's developing it, and the girl comes in and notices, yeah. You know, she could have seen that corner, uh, the picture in the corner, and then he could have noticed that and be like, oh, crap. Yeah. And quickly took it down, like, oh, Jesus, I didn't realise that was there. Yeah. That could have been how that went. Yeah. But he, no, instead, as she's literally getting her shirt off, he is deliberately aiming at the window and, and snaps that yeah. moment there and then. And, you know, it's he It's very, tries, very misplaced. It is. And he does try to play it off as a uh, oh I just read people from how they are and all of that and see you in the moment and stuff it's like like some sort of artistic license yeah, yeah he tries to play it off as an artist type of thing but it's like listen there's a time and place where that works yeah. and there's a time and place where you just need to back the hell off yeah so yeah it, we uh, didn't need that in no and one. that's why from a character as in Jonathan genuinely doing that but also the writers putting that in I just don't get it yeah I know it's it's just it's not needed like I was saying like just that picture of her in the window would have been more than enough it would have still resulted in like we say that girl seeing the picture Jonathan being like oh god you know and it would still result in the same response from Steve. Exactly, because that's it. Even if he genuinely didn't mean to take it, and it is just in the corner, Yeah. that's what a creep is going to say anyway. Yeah, you've, so, still, you've still got someone who has sat outside your house and has took pictures of your property and the people on the property. Yeah. It still doesn't look very good. And, and I know it's like, it's escapism for Jonathan. You know, he, he went to like the woods like Merkwood area to look for Will and he's taking pictures because he I think he's trying to find evidence because he's like taking pictures of broken branches and all sorts of stuff the thing is I get the concept there because when you've got a picture of the scene I find you can zone in on little details much more yes you know you might miss something it's like when Harry's thrown things behind the TV counter or whatever. Yeah. If I'm looking down there with my eyes, I might miss something. But if I'm using my phone to light it up back there... Yeah. And I've got it in the camera to yeah. turn that light on, I might see it on my phone screen instead where I, in person, couldn't see it. Yeah. And I think it's the same concept here where he's thinking, if I take pictures of everything, I might I can study them later... And I might see something that I won't see right now. Absolutely. So in the sense of hunting for Will, I get that. But yeah, I think he just loses himself Definitely. a bit once the whole thing with Nancy starts. He beca- Yeah, with Barb, I get it. It's a moment of what's she thinking? What's going on in yeah. her mind? I get yeah. that one. Yeah. I can understand that one from his artistic point of view. Yeah. But, yeah, the Nancy one, he just should have thought better. Definitely, should I should have agree. just used his brain and thought, okay, no, you know, some something's going on there. Yeah. That's not something I take a picture of. Yeah, and that's it. It was, it was definitely one of the things that I did think about as my least favourite scene or moment. But what, what I ended up settling on, actually, was um, 
Joyce not being acknowledged at the funeral whilst Lonnie gets all of the sympathy. I think it it goes through me. I think it's really inappropriate. I think it's disrespectful. I think it's rude. It's an absolute insult to her as a mother. Yeah, like she's literally stood there at that grave. Obviously, we know she's looking down at that grave thinking, what the hell is going on? Because I know that's not my son. What is going on? But to the outsiders, they're seeing a woman who is clearly struggling, who is grieving, who is losing her mind, and yet they all walk past her and shake Lonnie's hand or hug him and give him sympathy. It really drives me insane. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. And I think you said this before, who knows what they truly think of the whole Lonnie versus Joyce story? Yeah. They might think that she's the one who forced him out and all that and he's completely innocent. But we don't know that. So, yeah, yeah it just... It's it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. From our point of view, where we know what kind of man Lonnie is. Yeah. How dare they just walk past Joyce, who's been a single mother for however long it works out as. Yeah. And go over to Lonnie who hasn't been in a boy's life for all those years. Yeah. It's it's absolutely disgusting. And the thing is, it's like you see like Lucas's parents, Karen and Ted, Dustin's mum, they all do it too. But you would like to think that they at the very least, because of Will and who he is friends with, know the truth about Lonnie. Because Will would have basically said you yeah. know, and Mike and Dustin and Lucas will know the truth, so they probably would have said that to their parents at some point. And even s- they are still giving him sympathy, but not Joyce, and it it just blows my mind. It really like, does. I just like, think it's so horrible. Yeah, it's, like and I don't understand it. It's a disgusting bit of behaviour from yeah. everyone. And to be honest, that's all I've got to say on it. Really, I don't need to dig deeper than no. that. It was just one of those surface level scenes where I was just like what yeah yeah so with that then moving on um i might as well ask you this as a question okay what were you expecting when you first went into season one so when i first went into season one i was expecting something a lot scarier than it ended up being okay um i was expecting like i thought l from what I'd heard, was like an alien. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I know, that sounds the silly. The E.T. side of things. Yeah, I suppose so. I was expecting Elle to be like an alien. I was expecting it, it to be really scary. Um, I wasn't expecting, because I'm going to add on to that, what I wasn't expecting was it to be like an epic love story. Yeah. And the innocence of these children and it being a coming of age story you know like how we get with Nancy and Steve and Jonathan and so yeah those were the things that surprised me and yeah I I really thought it was going to be incredibly frightening especially when I started like within like the first five minutes I was like oh can I deal with this (laughs) you know as that demogorgon is chasing Will Um, so yeah those were my thoughts what about you? So the words I've written down on here but I'm going to play off a lot of what you said there expecting a cringe fest but I don't know why (laughs) so that 
comes along from the whole thing of not jumping on bandwagons. Yeah. Back then, you know, I'd see all these posts about you must watch this new big show on Netflix, and yeah. I'm like, must I? Must I? Do I have really? to? I don't follow social normities or yeah. that. I'm bigger and better than you. It's like, no, stop it. You're missing out on so much. Yeah. And um, that's definitely the case with this show. I. Again, I'm glad I didn't watch it until season two was out. Oh, me too. I but couldn't have coped. I could not have coped. I, I think I would have died. Big respect to, because we do know some, big respect to those that came into it immediately when season one came out. Yeah. Like fans. Because, bless them, having to wait for season two, I could, oh God. Uh, yeah. I'd have been a broken person. Absolutely. But then, yeah, going on from that. So obviously... I'd watched the bad lip reading first. Yeah. Which completely changed it. Didn't give any of the actual show away. The only thing that truly sort of stayed there was the fact that Elle doesn't speak much. Yeah. But I can't... I, I don't know how to describe how it made her seem. Um, but it, seemed, it, it sort of made you wonder what the reason was yes. for her lack of speech. But then she was definitely... She was more talkative in the real show mm. um, in the end. Um, but yeah, from watching that, I knew eventually that there was going to be a kiss between Mike and Elle. I knew that was coming eventually because that's featured in the bad lip reading. Right. Um, so as soon as I saw the school scene, I was like, oh, this is where it happens then. Yes. Well, yeah. Obviously, I from it being a bad lip reading, I didn't know the conversation. I didn't know how long he rambles on before he just gives up and is just like Ryan kissing you. <laughs> um, but yeah, because of that, there was all of that. In terms of what I wasn't expecting, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to end up where I am right now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I was not expecting this show to be my route in finding a partner in life <laughs> to having a child to moving to the other side of Wales yeah like yeah how could I expect any of that do you know what I didn't even think about that in that sense you almost got a proposal today you know Oh. Well, while I was out, this is being recorded on uh, the 29th of February, which is a ah, leap day. yes. And do you know the tradition? I do, I do, Today's going to be the day that, I mean, you know, we all know women can propose whenever they want, but, yeah, but it's the traditional day where women can propose. Yeah, they were talking about that on the radio. They were saying, like, you had to be dressed in some sort of red what? dress back oh my... in the day when it was very religious. Oh, my good and Lord. And it was then permitted in law oh my god that's that so funny you were allowed to propose but you had to be in red or something like well, that well I wasn't going to be in a red dress but I was going to offer you a Haribo ring <laughs> I still want my Haribo ring <laughs> yeah my, I saw some some colleagues today and they were like oh you're going to propose to Tom I was like oh I said maybe I should I said I'll, I'll have to get him a Haribo ring though <laughs> from the supermarket but that'd I didn't be, have time to go to the supermarket that'd be more than so. enough <laughs> Whether it would survive the day, I don't know. Here you go. Here's the wrapper, because it's almost circular, of the Ben and Jerry's that you ate before. It may be a bit big for your finger. There you go. Perfect, although it's broken. Oh, dear. 
Not a good start. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, otherwise, I was not expecting to get so invested yeah. in this show. You know, like I say, I was going into it thinking, oh, I'm going to watch maybe half of episode one. Yeah. And then just leave it because I'm cringing too much because it's a big show that everyone's fantasizing over and that's just not what I watch and then I get through to episode one and I'm like okay I don't exist to the world anymore <laughs> I'm going to lock myself in this room I'm going to finish this season I'm going to finish season two and then I was just like then I'm going to go again and I'm again just, I'm and just again. going to hibernate I, there's, <laughs> there's nothing else to life now this is this is all I care about <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it has that effect massively. And uh, yeah, and, I, was... and I, I know I said an epic love story. I was talking about Malafin, but yeah, yeah, I'm talking about us too. I then. know when you started <laughs> saying an epic love story, I was like, "You're taking my notes here." But then, yeah, when you went on with it, I was like, "Oh, you're talking about Malafin." Yeah, I didn't Which, even think, but yeah, yeah, of course, like, yeah, I did not expect from season one that become a fan fiction writer, and yeah. right over half a million words of fan fiction writing well, again, for Malevin. that's something that had such a stigma to it because of the stuff that some people write that yeah, if you told me I'd be getting into fan fiction, I'd be like, oh my god no <laughs> disgusting, no way and then here I am finishing season 2 and there's only so much rewatches can do yeah like I rewatched it, I think about two more times. Yes. Before I got into the fan fiction, because I was just like, right, well, I can't just rewatch this constantly because I will get bored of it. As good of a show it is, it's like when you listen to your favorite song on repeat. Yeah. All day, and then you never want to hear it again for ten years. Yeah, I get that. Like just like we said way in the beginning of our podcast like we we needed more we, we needed, needed more. more we needed more context more content um, and bonus material i think thinking back on it now i think it's a bit sad how much i got invested in a way because it was the christmas period but i just did not want to put my phone down yeah like to to the point that people thought i was texting a girl at that point oh and it's just, i was not like, just no, yet no not just yet give me a you couple weren't of you weren't even insulting her yet with her <laughs> formatting stop it <laughs> um but yeah it's solely because i just would not look away from my phone for two seconds because i just we were spoiled for choice though there was so yes much that was such a, it was such a good time to get into the fandom and to get into the fan fiction because yeah. I think so many people were in the same boat where they just finished season two yeah, and we needed more. Absolutely. Absolutely, we just needed more. And then despite that absolute feast of choice, the reason I got into writing is because you just want you can imagine a scene in your head and nobody's written it yet yeah or sometimes they have wrote a scene but you're like oh but i love this but i would have done it like this yeah and so at that point you're like well why don't i give it a go myself yeah exactly and you know you got all these 
people you're reading from for inspiration. Yeah. And then you give it a go yourself. And this was the first ever time I got into writing anything. Yeah. So I know you said, obviously, you and your sister used to uh, yeah, write a lot, of, quite Harry a lot of Potter writing growing up. and all of that. But I'd never gotten into that before. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I dived in head first. I was like, okay, well, I like the concept of following straight on from yeah. the show. And so the first thing I did, please don't read it. It's absolutely bloody terrible. But I followed straight on from the snowball. Yeah. Literally, it's still the snowball as I start. And yeah, and I just went on from there and I was like, okay, well, I just want to keep writing. And my God, the amount of rubbish I was writing. But you say that, but one of my first stories, I like... I've got to be careful saying this because, ironically, it's my most loved story. Like, yeah. I cringe at so many things I wrote in it. So yeah. many things. Like, because I was experimenting as a writer and I had... I'm no, never going to say this word. An- anonymity? Uh, <laughs> anonymity. Was, thank you. I was an anonymous. You know, I just had a username. Yeah. I wasn't a person, a real person to these people. Yeah, exactly. So I could experiment with whatever kind of writing I wanted to experiment with. And that makes me cringe now, I won't lie. There's there's lots of chapters in that story that I'm like, oh, wow, I do actually love that chapter or this yeah. or that. But there's also chapters in there that I cringe, you know. Yeah. And it just, but it just shows, like you saying about your earlier writing, you might think that, but someone else like myself might be like, oh, I love that story, you know. Mm. That's it. It's, and as I say, it was the very first time I got into writing. So, you know... I'm not exactly saying, oh, I should have been the best writer right from the start. No. Obviously not. I, that's it. I think we are both better writers now. Because I, th- it's I would ju- agree. It's just like anything. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, I would I would agree. That's it. And it's like, as you go on, you get better at describing things in yeah. the background and all of that. And that's it. For the latest one I've pumped out, I really tried to do that. Um, that's probably my favourite thing you've written to be honest And likewise yeah like that's it I, I'm never going to be the biggest fan of myself obviously but no one is though no exactly you know you, you <laughs> yeah you're a bit full of yourself if that's the case but yeah I will happily admit that that's the fa- my favourite thing I've ever written so yeah. far yeah and it, I truly put the most effort into that yeah. Because I wanted that scene out there. So many people had done a scene on top of this radio tower that's out there, but nobody ever truly made it a confidence thing in the fact that she's got to go beat Henry. Yeah. Slash Mike needs that monologue from Elle. He needs to hear from her that he is important to her. Yeah. He, you know, he truly believes that she's beyond him now. Yeah. He, you know, he feels insignificant. Yeah. If you ask me, like truly, like you say, most maybe because she's in school now, um, and there are other boys around, but beyond that, she's a literal superhero. 
she doesn't need some scrawny kid dragging her down yeah so I just I needed that yeah. and that's again what got me writing in the first place was despite that absolute feast in terms of being spoiled for choice I still felt the need to be like well no this is how I would love for it to go yes yeah and it's it that's what fan fiction is yeah it, it's that freedom yeah to write what you want it's Absolutely. you make it your world knowing full well that it's probably not canon at all but in your mind and in your little universe that you set up as we know for yourself yes you make it your canon and then there are going to be some people out there that honestly prefer your canon yeah to what some of the real stuff might be well that's it because it's like i have just gone back to um a story of mine which is a sequel and it's mike and eleven in the future with their children and obviously that hasn't happened yet that's not canon yet but to me it is and it's that is their children to me you know i feel like they are so real they yeah exactly like honestly it's my favorite thing you've ever written oh and so much of it is original it, 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 if it were different characters it is an original story that's the thing yeah and it's, it shocks me that like I have been away from writing that for years thanks to motherhood yeah and things like COVID and all sorts but um yeah I've been away from writing it for years and I and I recently updated the chapter because I want to finish the story because it's in my mind it's in my head I know how it ends and, and I'm like oh I really want to get it written yeah and it's like you say they they are your kids yeah they are so my kids so you want their story to be told you want, don't want them to just freeze in time no never to finish especially when you know how it's going to end when you know yeah. what's coming up and you know that oh this is going to excite people and this is not and all this and I didn't think I'd have an audience for it at all anymore but and there's that's... still people that are so into this story and it, yeah. that's the biggest compliment to me because yes of course it's Stranger Things but it's my original characters yeah exactly and that's it obviously you've got my canal and course, the rest of the yeah. party in there but the new generation are all characters that I have developed exactly that's it they're all in their 40s yeah you know the party not the children not the children <laughs> no and that's it, you know, your your main focus are seventeen, yeah, and then you've got the young ones who are about what eleven are in season two, yeah, like 13, 13. 14. So yeah. there's a bit of everything for people, yeah. So you know, if they want a fresh eleven ish but not eleven story, yeah. it's perfect for that because there's still all of those elements, yeah. And yeah, I just absolutely love it. It's well and true, yeah. and you know, yes, I'm biased <laughs> and all of that, but you're not paying me to say any of this <laughs> and all of that, but it's truly my most favourite thing I've ever read. Aww. And again, because it follows on from the previous universe that yeah. you created, yeah. it yeah it's just my absolute favorite read and that's it there are people out there who 
are probably going to say the same. And I think from some of the comments you've got when you published that chapter, I think that just goes to show that there are some people out there just as desperate to know how this story goes Yeah. that I am. Because... I, I owe it to them. I owe it to you. I owe it to me to finish this story. But more than anything, just kind of circling back now, I can't believe all of this has come... Like you said, you and me, our son, our daughter, all this fan fiction, all this creative writing we have done, all these hundreds of thousands of words of writing has come from season one of Stranger Things. Yeah. It couldn't, and none of that could have happened without. Exactly. If season one didn't immediately win its renewal, win all of its fans, and go on to become season two... We would not be here. We no. wouldn't have a kid, hopefully, snoring away upstairs. <laughs> we wouldn't have any of this. No. No, and I am forever, ever thankful and grateful for this show. And yeah. the season one was just... It was everything. And, you know, after season one just came a horde of awards... For individual actors like Millie, but for the show itself, you know, the, yeah. the SARG Awards, all that kind of stuff, they deserved all of the awards that they got. It, it was just yeah, a phenomenal every, start to what is an incredible franchise. Absolutely. It absolutely deserved every single one. And yeah. I just hope where they're saying that season five is going to be as if season one and season four had a baby and that baby is on steroids this truly could be the best season i really hope so i have my hopes up there's a lot of pressure on them they are my god the pressure is unreal yeah you know it's literally the last season of netflix's biggest well not even only netflix like honestly the biggest show yeah. That this world has nearly ever seen. Yeah. It's the last season of it. They have got to nail this. Absolutely. They can't let this flop. No. And that's why I am willing to wait because I want it to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want this to be a half effort. Yeah. Uh, this. I want all the CGI fully completed. I want all the storyline fully fleshed out. Yeah. It needs to be perfect. They can't they can't end the show that means so much to us that changed our lives with anything other than perfect. So Exactly. We will patiently wait to for brothers. Yeah, no pressure at all, our suffer bros. <laughs> I think that has covered everything that we wanted to talk about. I think it has. We Um, are past the two-hour mark. So this really is officially our longest episode then. Yeah, and it's insane because I went into this thinking, oh, we're just going to make little little comments about our notes. It's going (laughs) to be like 15 minutes. No, it's two hours and 15 minutes. Thank you very much. Gosh. Honestly, though, I have zero regrets on that because... It's been really fun to just talk about all those moments and recap yeah. everything that meant so much to us, things that stood out to us, actors, characters, scenes. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really happy with how 
this yeah. episode has gone. I'm really glad because obviously I am so desperate to now get into season two. I know, me too. But yeah, it's this episode was worth it. Definitely. And it deserved a long episode because, you know, season one, as we have said, has brought so much to our lives, has physically and like changed our lives. It, so, yeah. yeah. In every way, shape and form, it has shaped our lives. Yeah, and it deserved... It deserved a lovely, chunky episode. It did. <laughs> so thank you so much to everyone that's listened. Yeah, to thank you the if you're still with us. Episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate it so much, and we'll be back very soon with our rewatch of season two. Yep. Thank Here you. We go. Thank you very much indeed. Bye. Bye bye.